From Social Service Industry, I'm Jing Yao. With Novin Chan, founder of the AI therapist chatbot FireDog Place, where folks can vent their feelings, we learn about how users can interact with the chatbot, tech development process, and how his growing up experience has informed his work. We conclude with a discussion of positioning FireDog Place in a broader constellation of mental health and wellness support from professional help to community initiatives. Welcome to the podcast, Norvin. So before we talk about FireDog Place, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So what's your day job? And from there, when did you get started with tech and chatbot development and then doing this AI work? Oh, so my day job is as a tech lawyer. And I started learning programming by myself in about year three and year four of university. That's about five, six years ago. And I I guess the first thing I tried to do was to combine tech with law, but that got a bit boring because there there are limited avenues. And I decided to try to find the better users for the tech knowledge. And that's when I branched out to like trying to figure out how to do something with therapy. So the chatbot is really just a delivery for therapy. Mm-hmm. And thinking about the therapy point, I we, we mentioned this at the start of the show, which will include in the show notes as well. So Fired Up Place, for folks who are listening for the first time, it's an AI therapist chatbot for folks to vet, right? And you shared the following on, I believe it was LinkedIn and, and I quote, as idealistic as it sounds, I want to create a fireplace on the internet for people to vent their feelings and explore themselves with the help of an AI therapist. Reflecting on my life, I grew up, emotionally stunted, I would have benefited from a therapist that I could not have afforded or assessed as a teenager. So quite a, a lot there. I want to kind of use that to, to, to jumpstart and a few questions based on that. So first, maybe imagine I'm one of your potential users, right? I log into fire.place. When I first log into their website, what do I see and how do I interact with the AI therapist chatbot? So the interface is really very bare bones and simple at the moment. You just go to www.fire.place. And that's a full domain name in itself. You don't even need to log in and you can just start to vent your feelings there. There's a chat box at the bottom of the screen. You just type and you enter. The desktop user interface works better than mm-hmm. the mobile interface, but desktop is generally how people who really have very long conversations to vent, they use it on desktop. Yeah. Zen, that's the name of the AI therapist. Gotcha. Zen listens to you with empathy. So what Zen does is active listening. She will do her best to pick up any feelings you have and ponder it out loud together with you. So in a very simple use case, if you describe a bad day at work, Zen would say something like, I guess you're feeling really stressed and discouraged by that. So for a more complex use case, when there are users who vent very traumatic things that happen in their childhood, Zen can also manage those very typical conversations. And these conversations can last very long, maybe an hour or so. In simple terms, no matter what you say to Zen, she's kind to you and she's sincere in helping you explore your emotions. She does not give you any advice or suggestions. In therapy jargon, what Zen is doing is essentially non-directive therapy, where the therapist works through the client's feelings with the client without any judgment, while giving unconditional positive regard. The pioneer of this school of therapy is Carl Rogers. So he's a famous therapist in the 70s and 80s, more of our parents' generation who believe that having a safe space to vent out thoughts, however negative and shocking they are, 
will help the client self-regulate their own emotions and figure out what they want in life. Mm-hmm. And that's very much the psychology or kind of psychotherapy side of the development, right? I'm, I'm not the most tech-savvy person, but I imagine some listeners would be interested in also the tech part. So not just the psychology, psychotherapy part of it. So give us a kind of like, explain like I'm five years old. I've never, I'm not, I'm really not familiar with AI and, and, and the chatbot. Tell us a bit how about the, the AI model. You mentioned Zen works and does it learn from the responses your users share? You shared a case study just now where someone talks about his or her or their childhood trauma and all these things. So how does that work and what do you see to be the next steps moving ahead with that tech part of it? Okay, so the key takeaway here is that AI is pattern recognition. The nutshell of AI is that when you give an AI enough dots, an AI figures out the best way to connect the dots. You give the AI enough data, the AI figures out the underlying patterns in the data. In order to understand generally how human language works, Zen has processed 825 gigabytes of written text. So this includes almost every Wikipedia article and research paper available on the internet. In order to understand specifically how therapy works, Zen has processed 1.2 gigabytes of therapy-related data This includes a set of therapist transcripts of actual sessions between a therapist and various clients. As to whether Zen is learning from the users of Fireplace, currently Zen is not doing so. So a bit too dangerous to let Zen learn from herself at this stage because an AI learning from itself forms a feedback loop that can quickly amplify the magnitude of initial errors. Yeah, no, and then, I mean, yeah, because I was going to say the, that that's an important point right? because there have been pretty well-documented examples with Microsoft, for instance, where you let, I imagine, and again, I'm not the most tech-savvy, but uh, at least from the news, it was documented in cases where it starts learning from responses from users. It starts feeding off biases and then the subjective kind of um, preconceptions that folks might have. And as you say, it sounds pretty dangerous in that sense. Hmm, correct. So... For the Microsoft example, one reason why that experiment went so badly was because they essentially fed Reddit, meaning the whole Reddit, until that into the chatbot. So whatever racist comments there are uh, that Reddit users have expressed in the past, those were just picked up by the chatbot. Yeah, and I'm also pretty curious. Where was the um, where did you get the transcripts from the therapy session? So was it open source online, or where did you get the data from? So I got it from some university researchers. There's basically a very small set of annotated transcripts out there that universities researchers have. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm just going to give a quick comment because I don't want to distract away from what you're working by in social work. Case notes are, you know, they're not quite therapy notes, but or exchanges mm-hmm. or transcripts, but it's something that, that folks have been thinking about using for some time because a lot of it is handwritten. It's not necessarily optimized for, I believe it's OCR in terms of like being for the scanner to pick up the words and all these things. And so hopefully, uh, maybe there will be something that can be extended or, or built upon in the future. I mean, we've talked so much about how you develop a process, I guess, going back to where you started, right? So you spent almost, I believe, six months on this side project. So I'm also really interested in how you got started, right? Because you are a lawyer by day and I mean, you do do a bit of tech work as well, but how did you decide to get going and what was the genesis and start of the project? So to be more accurate, I spent one year, two months so far on the project. So out of this one year, two months, I documented over 160 days, about six months. I worked on 
on fireplace. So I have a piece of paper that I paste on my wall and every day I work on fireplace, I put a tick there and I write down the date very briefly. So, I mean, I'm giving you this context so you understand how is it possible to get the project done while having a day job. It, it just takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of kicking myself to do it. But these days, I mean, if I don't do fireplace, I just watch anime or I just watch TV. <laughs> so it's, I mean, or play computer games. I mean, at this point of time, I can't really derive any satisfaction from computer games anymore. So it's become a bit of a habit that I just don't fireplace. Yeah, so getting started. Well, I, I started fireplace when I, I realized two things. Um, the first is that there's really a lot of lonely people venting on the internet. No one who would really listen to them. So you can look at Reddit and on Reddit, there's some like subreddits like r slash vent, r slash off my chest. So when you look at all these people, what they're writing and how nobody's listening to them, it reminded me a bit of myself, my teens. So I would want to find a way to help them. So I got this like romantic idea in my head that I want to build a fireplace on the internet for them. So secondly, I realized that I can actually do something for them. I can build an AI therapist for them. Even the AI has improved very drastically. So Zen is based on a technology called GPT, uh, invented by the folks at OpenAI. So GPT generated text. It can be indistinguishable uh, in certain like, instances from human generated text. So some users of Fireplace, when they are deep in conversations and after maybe the 20 minute mark, they start to ask her whether she's really an AI or not. <laughs> it's a bit mind boggling, actually. We, we, uh, we are way beyond like handwritten rules or like hard coded rules. We are really looking at human language and basically anything that Zen says is statistically likely that a human would say in response. So that is how the, the, the leap of AI. So there was just one user who said, Outright that talking to Zen was like talking to God. And to help me understand, so, so GPT stands for, it's an abbreviation for, or acronym for. Wow, it's a big jargon. Let me just <laughs> oh, search that up. Yeah, I've opened up a can of and, and that's interesting because the, and we, we, we will talk about it briefly later while you're searching up as well, because, and I know this is a bit personal, and I, I, I you know, you have to answer if you don't, if you prefer not to. In your previous answer, you talked about drawing some form of inspiration or, or reference from your own life and then you also mentioned a LinkedIn post about how quote unquote you grew up emotionally stunted right and that you will have benefited from a therapist at that point in time so you know again if you feel this is uncomfortable you don't have to answer it but what do you mean by emotional stunting and when did you kind of realize or appreciate the value of therapy and how is it reflected in environmental place mm. okay so uh of course this is a hard question so we things briefer so my childhood was quite difficult in some ways uh, it's not dramatic but ultimately I and ultimately when I look back at myself I've become a happy person I think my childhood helps to illustrate a more everyday non-dramatic kind of trauma that could be quite common in Singapore so I grew up in a lower income family so that's a bus driver mom's a hawker dad gambled all his money away on the stock market so things were really rocky when I was young and they were on the verge of divorce they pretty much have no time for me and my elder brother. And elder brother was just going through his own problems and didn't care for me. Pretty much all alone growing up. 
grew up poor with many lunches just being instant noodles with an egg or a can of Campbell soup. Uh, so what do I mean by emotional stunting? Uh, when you're raised in such an environment, I, I think it's pretty hard to have a space to express your own emotions. And you yourself as the kid, you wouldn't even be thinking about emotions having importance when there are more concrete things to worry about, like money. So in turn, when you are just like released into the world, it's hard to be well socialized because society is not exactly a place for you to bring your baggage into it. Society kind of expects you to bring your best self forward. So I, I realized the value of therapy when I started mindfulness and journaling. So that helped me to recognize my own emotions at least. Then the more I read into the literature, including books like The Body Keeps the Score, reading Carl Rogers' Take on Therapy, then I realized that, hey, like therapy can really be transformational. Which then clearly informed, and you mentioned in the beginning as well, how Fired Up Place was, was designed, right? I guess my final question in thinking about the entire conversation we've had and trying to think of positioning it you know, in a broader constellation of mental health and wellness support. One of the things that came to mind when you talked about how you started, you talked about people venting on online and then that then AI therapies could be helpful as well. I think it's brought into stark attention or spotlight during the COVID period as well, right? It's, these are not new issues, but it's just intensified a lot of these social isolation and feelings. So I guess the question here would be, how would you position this AI chatbot therapy chatbot, I mean, the broadest constellation of support from things like professional help to community initiatives. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess uh, where I position Fireplace has to start from the, the truth that currently right now, Zen as an AI therapist, she's really a hit and miss, meaning that there could be instances where Zen just outrightly fails to understand the user. And that has also led to various users giving out frustration. But there are cases where Zen is really a hit, meaning that depending on how well the data set covers the user's problems, when users who really have the problems that are covered by the data set come in and talk with Zen, uh, they can really benefit. And for those users that really benefit, they also are more accepting of the non-directive approach. So because Zen fundamentally right now is a hit and miss, I think the only advantages of using Zen is that is free online, it's very easily accessible, it's anonymous. And as long as users can accept that there are no guarantees for success, they can try a fireplace. For people who can afford therapy and need it, they should get a professional therapist. If they can't exactly afford therapy, they can try to find lower cost options like therapy groups. Yeah, and that's a pretty nice way to frame it because I think it's it's not either or thing. It's it's kind of which is why the positioning point was so important where it exists alongside all these different initiatives and support. And when when we, we well know the challenges institutionally for affordability and, and accessibility of more professional services as well, which is why when I saw your LinkedIn post and the initiative, it came to my right away that I should reach out. Also because we have not connected in a very long time. So folks who are interested can check out fire.place will be in the show notes and as, as Novin mentioned you can log in at www.fire.place thank you very much for being here today and, and um, looking forward to more developments from the chat board in the future okay uh, well, looking forward to socialservice.sg as well and its updates thank you so much thank you <laughs>